Welcome back to the Rectify Setting the Record Straight. I am your host, Kiana Sanchez, aka Keel, and I'm back with you with another episode. This is episode 35, and the title of this episode is called Deal with Your Spot and Your Blemish. Well, your spots and your blemishes. I want to talk about this because as believers, we always seem to make excuses for why we can't deal or manage the sins in our life. And I I know it doesn't only have anything to do with discipline because discipline that we do in our own strength can only take us but so far. But we have to learn how to yield and submit our life to Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate in us the characteristics and nature of God. So let's talk about this in today's episode. Okay, you guys have to excuse me if I sound like I'm out of breath because for the most part I am. <laughs> and I I didn't want to just record an episode just to kind of keep it going weekly, which I would like to keep it going weekly, but there's been some things I've been dealing with personally studying on and getting an understanding of to talk about and share with you guys. So hopefully this would probably be one of the last episodes for this year. And then when the new year come in, prayerfully, the Holy Spirit will give me something fresh and, you know, something new. But other than that, I've been studying in the Word of God. And I've also been listening to men and women, uh, men and women of God who have been talking about this very issue about being without blame and many times as believers we have somehow cultivated this I like this idea in mind that we won't ever get rid of our sin and that's the worst thing to tell a person because if the word of God tells us to be diligent to be found without spot and blemish by Christ on the day that he returns why do we keep trying to convince people that oh you're still going to struggle with this sin or that sin and the thing is We have a choice to choose. We make the choices that we make on a daily basis. And every day that we get up, we have a decision to make whether or not to follow through in the plans of God and that his will be done in our life. Or we just make the choices that we want to make according to the desires of our flesh. That's why the word of God tells us to put on Christ so that we won't make provision for our flesh. And as hard as that is, I understand that sometimes we make excuses just because of where we are in our life or the things that we're dealing with that are difficult that seems to push us and drive us back into bad habits such as pornography, drinking alcohol, smoking weed, things like that. Or, you know, having, uh, well, basically fornicating. We have to really try our best to submit our lives to Christ. And that was something I've been talking to my husband about because I told him, I said, I don't want to keep falling back into, you know, old habits because of things that causes me frustration and things like that. And the word of God tells us that whenever we find ourselves in these positions, we should think on things that are pure, that are of good news, that are worthy of praise and things like that. And the word of God literally shows us how we can deal with these things. And it's not about just repetitively sharing scripture or uh, talking about scriptures that sound good. It's about actually applying these things to our life and attempting to be diligent after the things of God. Because like the word of God tells us in First Peter, he says that when we are, you know, subjecting ourselves to the word, when we apply this word, when we allow the word of God to cleanse our soul, we are made whole. We are made holy. 
And one thing I, I realize that we tend to do to ourselves is we try to think more than, you know, we we try to, well, I won't say try to, in a way we think that we know more than God and we feel like God doesn't understand us and that, you know, he doesn't understand why we struggle with the things we do. But that's what Paul was talking about in uh, Romans from Romans chapter, I believe it's five up to Romans chapter nine or Romans chapter eight. But when Paul talked about us being free from sin, he was letting us know. He said, yeah, once you become a new creation in Christ and you have received the truth of God, he said, now you have the truth to deal with that sin. And it's not that you, you deal with it by yourself, it's that the power of the Holy Spirit will be able to help you yield to what is righteous rather than what is unrighteous because he said whatever you obey you have allowed this thing to be your master so if you obey sin you allow sin to be your master but if you obey God you allow God to be your master and if we want to truly cultivate lives that are without spot and blemish we have to make it our business to pursue righteousness like he said he said pursue after righteousness with pure heart and clean hands and we have to clear ourselves of anything that's causing us to be at fault we have to understand our soul which is our mind our will and our emotions we have to keep these things clean and we can't do that in our own strength or by ourselves. the moment we start trying to do this as a chore that's when it becomes a problem the moment we treat it as if it's a chore that's when it becomes a problem but when we truly pursue these things because we have a desire for it and we desire to live in that manner and it's no longer a chore you're doing just so that you can get by daily and be on right standing with god that's when the holy spirit can truly begin to cultivate these things in you now like i tell you guys before i, I try to be as transparent as possible with y'all because i want people to be free from the things in their life and the things that they're struggling with and i don't want people to live in this constant fear and shame because that's not what god wants for us we shouldn't be in the like especially in the church we shouldn't be condemning people to hell over things that they struggle with or looking down on them as if we ourselves aren't doing things because paul even mentioned that he said some of y'all did worse than them and yet you're sitting here putting people down but to further cultivate our understanding and our doing in God's will, we have to truly make it our business to apply scripture and not just apply scripture, but we have to make it our business to pursue righteousness. We have to make it our business to be diligent after the things of God, like our prayer life. I know it's not easy for us to just take moment out a moment or two out of our day to pray and ask God that his will be done in our lives. But we have to truly want this thing because if we truly want God to set us free from these these sinful habits and these sinful nature. We have to be willing to lie down the habits that we do currently have. So we have to make it our business to say, OK. I, I can't do this in my own screen. Lord, I need you. I can't do this myself. Lord, I need your help. And we shouldn't be afraid to ask God for help. Because God, like his word says, he will help us if we let him. Like 
If we truly desire his help, God sees our hearts. He knows our hearts. He knows our motives. And if our motives be pure, God has no problem helping us in the areas where we struggle. He's not going to leave you hanging or make you feel as if you got to do this on your own. No, he wants to help you. That's why he tells us to come to him, all who are heavy laden and burdened. He's like, come to me and I will give you rest. He will give you rest. And we have to stop creating excuses in our mind to why we can't come to God. We have to stop creating excuses for ourselves to why we can't live in a manner that is pleasing to God. Because I was watching this video by Neville Johnson where he talked about this. And he was talking about the church in the last days and how it would be when Christ returned for a thousand years. And we truly have to get this idea that, oh, you know, it's just about getting to heaven. No, God wants us to take this earth back. He wants us to take this earth back because this is our inheritance. So we have to stop living in this idea that, oh, I'm just trying to live right for Jesus and die and go to heaven. That's a, another episode I will definitely be talking about before the year is out. But to kind of talk about that in this episode, we have to understand that God is looking for people who are led by the spirit of God, who understand how the kingdom of God operates in the earth and who are willing to walk in the authority and power of him. And he wants people he can trust because if he can't trust you or yield that power to you, then how can he trust you to, you know, be one of the ones to be here in this, in that time, in that day and age when Christ comes and reigns for a thousand years? I was like, how can he trust us? And it's not just that. How can he trust us to be sons of God if we're not even willing to yield to his spirit? Because remember, he said, if we yield to him, we'll be able to resist the enemy. And that's something we have to get out of. Like, we've created such a religious set about this thing. We leave the divinity out of it. And then we just pretty much create religious rituals and traditions of men rather than the things of Christ and Christ has already already given us away if you go back and read the gospels the gospels is Christ revealing the kingdom of God to us and how he wants it cultivated in the earth and too many times we're over here preaching a different gospel this is why so many people can't be set free this is why so many people are still in this stagnant or dormant place is because there's no truth in that gospel entirely it's probably half truths or it's not the truth at all and just like it says in galatians when paul talked about this he said any man or angel who preach another gospel let him be cursed and sadly many of us we still allow ourselves to be cursed in a in a manner because we're preaching a different gospel when the gospel itself is christ and, and i know many people they'll take offense to this but like the word of god says christ came preaching the gospel and the gospel is repent and believe you know not just believe on him but repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand he's telling us that the kingdom has been restored back to us and we must grasp it now that it's here and when we ignore that and we just kind of hop over it and we're just like oh well you know it's just about being saved and getting to heaven you've missed the point completely you've missed the point entirely because i want to point this out in I believe it's uh, in Second Peter's. I'm going to turn to it in my Bible real quick and read to you guys. 
But in Second Peters, if you go and read in that chapter, I know many people know it as the chapter about false teachers. But this is something that Peter pointed out so that people would understand. I'm going to read in Second Peters chapter 3. It says, Beloved, I am now... I now write to you the second epistle in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before my I mean before by the holy prophets and the commandment of men or not the commandment of men the commandment of us the apostles of the Lord and savior knowing this first that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this, they will fully forget. They will willfully forget that by the word of God, that he, um, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing on, standing out of water and in water and in the water by which the world that then existed perish being flooded with water but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men but beloved do not forget this one thing that with the lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but the long suffering towards us, I mean, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, and in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. And the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you, ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, Look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blemish. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. And also our beloved brothers, Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you as also in all his epistles speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand which untaught and unstable people twist to their under their own destruction as they do also the rest of scripture you therefore beloved since you know this beforehand beware lest you fall away from your own steadfastness being led away with the error of the wicked but grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to be to him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. So I encourage people to always go back and read for themselves. But just like uh, Peter mentioned, he said, we should be found in a manner of holy conduct and godliness. So we know that godliness has no taint or, or sin or anything like that in it, no spot, no blemish. 
he tells us, be found without spot and blemish. Be diligent to be found by Christ in peace without spot and blemish. So why do we as believers continue to convince ourselves that, oh, we're we're not going to stop sinning until the day we die. We just have to be in right standing with God. Well, how can you be in right standing with God if you're still in sin? Right standing with God is being aligned with him in righteousness and also in agreement with the spirit. We have to stop just sitting here and looking at it as if, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be saved because when Neville Johnson pointed it out, I didn't realize it until I actually, you know, realized it. But when he pointed it out, he said, not every believer is going to be a part of the bride of Christ. When he said that, it really shook me to my core. And it made me sit there and think, like, where am I right now? Because it's very much indeed true. Not every believer is going to be part of the bride of Christ because the bride of Christ is going to be without spot and blemish. And if you're still someone sitting in between the fence and you're still dealing with small spots and blemishes in your life, then you have to really ask yourself, am I really going to be a part of the bride of Christ? Because we were saying, oh, we're going to be the bride of Christ when Christ returns, but that's not everyone. This is why I tell people all the time, read the word of God for yourself, get an understanding for yourself. Be sure that you are found in him. Because as much as I want other people to be found without spot and blemish, I myself too want to be found without spot and blemish. And I can't be this person preaching and talking about the word of God when I'm not making the effort to put away things like pornography or to put away things like cursing or to put away things that just in all goes against the desire and will of God. We have to be really honest and real with ourselves. And the first step to repentance is acknowledging that you are at fault, that you are in sin, and that you need God to help you to have a changed and renewed mind. Because we can't get this mind ourselves. We have to be able to submit ourselves to God and say, Lord, I need you to change my mind. I need you to change my heart. I need you to change the way that I do things because everything that I'm doing is not of you. And then if you read on into 1 John, it talks about these things. He tells us, you know, we we just read scripture to find happiness in the moment or to feel confident in the moment. But no, when I look at this word now, I can't look at it like how I used to. I can't look at it as just something to encourage me for the day. No, I, I need this because this is what our life comprised of. This is what God comprised us of. And he wants us to be fully intact with this word. He wants us to be fully committed to this word. And I don't want to be someone who just knows scripture, but yet I'm not changed because there's a part of me that still lacks faith. There's a part of me that still has unbelief. Because we have to understand unbelief is what hinders us. This is what he said about the Israelites. He said their unbelief hindered them from entering into the kingdom, even though they understood and knew that the power of God was very much indeed true and that God was doing everything that he had promised that he would. He kept them clean. He kept them fed and everything during the, the wilderness. And yet they could not enter into the, the, the promise because they still didn't believe. They became satisfied with where they were or with what they had. 
And God was letting them know you got to change. You have to have a heart that is after God. And I'm not just talking about, oh, you know, crying on the floor. Yeah, listen, emotions are a good thing and it's a beautiful thing that God has given us. But it's more to it than just crying and and saying, oh, I, I cried on the floor for two hours before God. It's more than that. Because the more that my heart has been being, you know, purged of what I thought I wanted or thought I knew. I can't sit here and look at it the same. And I just want God to truly, like, change me. And now that I am soon to be a mother, well, I am a mother, but I will soon have a soul that I have to take care of. A soul I have to teach the truth of God. A soul I have to make sure knows this truth. Because we look at life as if it's just, you know, something that we do to bypass time until we leave it. But no, that's not what it is. And so many times we miss the mark and God wants us to live a life that is going to bring heaven on earth. He doesn't want us to come to heaven just so he can destroy the earth. There was a purpose and intent for him creating this earth. And we're so busy trying to run from it instead of standing here and building the kingdom of God. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to build his kingdom here on earth. What did Jesus teach them in the prayer? He said, our father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants the will of God done on earth as it is in heaven. And then there's scriptures and Psalms that tells us that this earth is an inheritance of the Lord. It says the heavens is the Lord's, but the earth is an inheritance to man. So why do we as believers keep putting out this this fairy tale that God wants us all to just make it back to heaven? No, he wants us to bring his kingdom on the earth. He wants to extend the kingdom of heaven from heaven into the earth. And that's where the kingdom of God will be. That is where the kingdom of God is. It's here in the earth, in his people, in the vessels who understand and know the authority and power of God. This is why we have to read the word of God for ourselves. And in order for this kingdom to truly thrive, we have to, you know, come out of this place of, you know, confusion. We have to come out of this place where we're still living in our sins. We have to stop making excuses for why we we make provisions for our flesh instead of provisions for the kingdom. And as a believer in Christ, I pray, I pray that God will begin to open our eyes and that we'll begin to see and we stop debating over this word as a means to think that we're, we're close to God and actually truly get close to him. And that we stop beating each other over the head about traditions and start encouraging each other about the kingdom. This was a world given to God's people. And he wants us to cultivate it. He wants us 
to have dominion in the earth so that we could rule in this place. This is what it says in First Peter's. He wants us to have dominion in this earth, to be kings and priests in the earth. I don't expect people to believe me all the time because some, like I said, we, we're so caught up in the religious, the religious idea of things that we have more religion than we do divinity. There's no spirituality in this thing for some people. It's just a religious thing, something they do religiously as a, a, a tradition rather than something that is meant to change everything around us for good but if anything I don't want to carry this on too long we have to make it our business to be holy because just like it says in first Peter's chapter 1 13 on down he said therefore gird up your gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you um, is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And if you call, the fa call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's Work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, but with precious blood of Christ as of the lamb without blemish and without spot. He is indeed, he indeed was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever." This is why we have to make it our business to live before God in the manner he desires, not of what we think or how other people, you know, live or do things. We have to live according to God's word because he said we have purified our souls by obeying the word of God, the word of truth through the Holy Spirit and sincere love. And we have to present ourselves holy in all that we do. And we have to stop reverting back to old habits just because it's at, you know, reach. So is this word. We have to make it our business to be exactly what God needs us to be in this earth. Because God isn't just trying to call us to heaven and live there for all eternity. No, he wants us to extend heaven into the earth. And the reason why it seemed so far off to Abraham was because God was showing him what the future would look like. And Abraham is looking forward to that. That's why the word of God says all of creation waits and groans 
and they wait eagerly for the revelation of the true sons of God. The sons of God aren't angels. They're, they're men and women of God who are led by the Spirit of God. And this word tells us who the sons of God are. But I'm Kiana Sanchez. This is the Rectify Setting the Record Straight. And I pray that the Lord continues to open the eyes of our understanding and our hearts and that we begin to truly grow in our faith, not merely treating this as a, a, a chore, but that this become a lifestyle for us. You all be blessed. And I truly believe that the Lord will begin to remove spots and blemish blemishes from our lives the more that we submit ourselves to him. But you all be blessed.